0: Welcome to the UDIA Queensland's Development Drum Podcast, where we speak to members and ask them to share some property industry insights, and at the same time, get to know our industry colleagues a little better. My guest today is Deborah Robinson. Deborah Robinson has held senior management positions in both the public and private sectors since the year 2000 most notably as a town planner and development manager in the building and construction industry. In 2017, Deb joined the Sunshine Coast Regional Council and in May 2022, she was appointed to the position of Group Executive Customer Engagement and Planning Services. Deb has formal town planning qualifications and holds a Master of Business Administration. She is also a current board member of the Sunshine Coast Falcons Rugby League Club. Deb is a Sunshine Coast local, passionate about the region and leading and contributing to the creation of a strong and diverse economy while ensuring sustainable growth and the retention of the enviable lifestyle that all residents and visitors to the area can continue to enjoy into the future. Thanks for joining us on the Development Drum, Deb. Uh, Deb, you've had such an interesting career journey from a key figure in the property development industry to now a group executive overseeing planning and development of one of Queensland's highest growth councils. How did you find yourself in your current role? What a
1: great question. Sometimes we just fall into these spaces, don't we? <laughs> uh, no, quite well planned. So obviously between the property development role and the role that I currently have, I was working at Brisbane City Council and I really felt a yearning to go back home, which is the Sunshine Coast. And there was a fantastic role that came up overseeing major projects. And I thought, wow, that's going to combine my planning experience and my commercial experience. Mm. So I was successful. Uh, applied and I was successful in that role, which I was delighted about to be able to return back to the Sunshine Coast and back to home. Mm. And so, I did that role for right on five years and the group executive of customer and planning services came up and I thought, that's taking me right back to my planning route. So, I just thought, I've got to apply for this role. So, I applied. I've got to tell you, I was an internal candidate, but I went through five interviews to get that role. (laughs) So, yeah, I was successful and so that's how I've come to be in this current role and I've been in the role since May 2022, so just over 12 months now. i really loving it.
0: And Deb, your commercial experience and professional background too as a town planner mm. um, would be quite unique to those traditionally, the people that you see in those roles. Mm-hmm. I imagine understanding... What makes or breaks a feasibility could be a, a huge benefit to someone mm. in a role like yours.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think one of the things I hope I bring to the role is just a bit of commercial acumen yeah. and, and sort of saying to DA sits into, in this space as well. So it sits in the team that I'm currently overseeing. And I'd like to say to them, think about outcomes. The planning Mm. process is a really small part of a bigger property piece. So it's a small part but an integral part to it. And so for me, I'm able to sort of share my experience and say, you know, this site could have been site inception four or five years ago. How do we actually assist in that process? Either a quick no, if it's a no, or how do we assist to get the outcomes on the ground um, through that cycle? And not just in the DA space, but also operational works. And how does that then translate into approving subdivision on the ground and ensuring, because that's when developers are at peak debt, right? So how do we actually streamline that process a bit better to ensure that we're not holding up Mm. anything that where we want, particularly at the moment, where we want land to hit the market, or we want development to hit the market in terms of that subdivision, really keen to sort of pass on that experience to others in the team Absolutely. so that they really understand where we fit in the property cycle, I yep. suppose, or in that development outcomes. How many in the team, Deb? So the team that I oversee at the moment is around, I'm going to say 450, Kirsty. I'm going to say 450, but I've been told it's 444, it could be 434, but <laughs> around, if I just round it up <laughs> Four, to 450. 450 sounds good. Sometimes it feels like 4,500. Yeah, so, <laughs> just like 450 is... Uh, 450 staff, and that's co- across DA strategic planning, yes. urban growth projects, which is all the new areas coming online, plus mass transit sits in there. Yeah. And then I have this other fantastic... Oh, we have the customer response team and also architect and urban design team. And then I've got the strategic planning and policy team as well. So we've got sort of strategy, but then right down into yes. really local laws and customer response. And in the customer response space, things like, which you wouldn't think would fit together, it all sounds like planning. Yes. And then you have... Customer response, which is cemeteries, The Pound, local laws, environmental health officers, feral animal control, which was a real surprise to me when I took the role. I'm like, what do you mean, feral animal control? But yeah, so right across that full gambit. So planning... And then the beautiful people in customer response. Sitting around that. So And the contact centre. I should never forget the contact no, centre. It's very important. important very right? important. Our front door for our is our contact centre.
0: Now, that's obviously a large team. Yes. And also a team of very diverse professionals as well. How do you stay connected to everybody?
1: Yeah, another great question. My point of truth is my managers. So, yes. they're really my point of truth. So, I have fantastic six managers across those areas who are absolutely fabulous at the job they do. But what I like to do is actually get down and start Mm. speaking to the staff because often my point of truth is what I'm told by the managers, I often say to the staff, look, don't assume I know Mm. because a lot of cases I actually won't know what's happening on the ground for you. So a lot of assumptions are made about executives or CEOs even at different levels in an organisation. So Andrew Chesterman, who is currently the CEO of Redland, was a peer of mine at Brisbane City Council and a a beautiful human being and he taught me something. He taught me a thing called Tea at Ten. And he said to me, Deborah, why don't you, you know, when I was trying to gather information about what was really happening in the branch when I was at Brisbane City Council, he said, look, I've got this little thing that I do and it's called Tea at 10. I take a slice across my group or my branch and I then invite them in, have a coffee, bring your cup of tea, bring your coffee at 10 o'clock and have a conversation about what's actually happening. Yeah, wow. So I haven't yet instigated that. I did at Brisbane City Council, and I found it just so amazing yeah. to hear what's actually happening from the people that are actually the, the customer-facing people. Yes, so I haven't instigated it um, at Sunshine Coast, but I propose to. But what I have started to do is just have go to team meetings or some of the smaller teams in the branches and just hear from them yes. as to what they do and how they think I can assist and support them as well. Yeah. You so, think you're mixing it up say so Tim Tam's at 2 or something oh, it could you be know. Tim I Tam's at t- 2 I had not thought about it, that. It a touch of Deb in that I <laughs> think. It does but I love that so they go okay I own that now. That's free for okay, you. Okay Andrew yep. Chesterman your idea's gone. Yeah, that's I've right. now got Kirsty's it's t- Tim, tams, Tim tams, tam's at 2. Yeah, I love exactly. it. Exactly. Perfect.
0: Now as I said really very career of which we've had the opportunity yeah. to work together across many of the different
1: places and roles that you've had over a number of years. Yeah.
0: For you, what have been some of those really pivotal moments in your career?
1: You know, there's been so many. I was thinking this morning about what are some of the things that have really, I've really either shocked me or I've enjoyed or changed the way in which I've seen things in my career. And I think if I start back when I I call myself, you know, when I was a baby planner, I had a fantastic mentoring network around me and I was very blessed back in the day to work in Melbourne at a a council in Melbourne. That's where I started my career. And one of my very early CEOs was Jude Munro, who everyone knows so well. But she was the CEO of what was called City of St Kilda back in the day, but now it's um, Port Phillip because they amalgamated not long after I left Melbourne and came to Queensland. So she was obviously, she's been very pivotal in many people's careers, but certainly in mine. And I still am delighted to say that we stay in touch not as often as I would like, but we do stay in touch. I think there's been some pivotal moments coming in to work for the development company I work for. Yes. And really understanding about development right through from the ground up Mm. and how hard it was sometimes to actually get those developments out of the ground and we did resort developments, so really difficult to get those out of the ground but so satisfying when you were there and you'd be on a Mm. a vacant block of land and then a couple of years later you'd be opening a beautiful five-star resort and I was really delighted to be part of that journey. Yes. Another pivotal moment for me was joining Queensland Urban Utilities. Working out very quickly in the first couple of weeks that I probably had to stand up Mm. a team and all the systems and processes to actually take on all the water and sewer approvals from the shareholder councils. Mm-hmm. So that was the five shareholder councils. So that really was quite an amazing piece of work. On that 1st of July, I think it was 2014, I could be corrected by somebody listening to this podcast, 2014 <laughs> or 2015, when we stood that up and the go live day was just sensational. It was just the hard work to get us there. Yeah. Um, When you think you've got to set up a team, you've got to set up systems, you've got to set up policies and processes really from the ground up. Yes. And I think that night I went home and I think sort of 10 or 11 months of just pressure. Yes. Really, I really felt relief. So that was really pivotal. And then Coming into Sunshine Coast Council into this role, I think, has been incredible to yeah. um, actually be able to look across all the great things we do and not just be that planning focus. Yes. But actually having a broader focus on outcomes for our community and being involved at the moment in helping to shape our housing and homelessness action Mm. plan and the piece of work we can do, not just in the facilitation advocacy, but actually potentially in the delivery. Yes. So really pivotal moments. And, you know, for any planners listening to this out there. Don't think that planning is just a career that just you sit in an office and do DA all your life or whatever. It's so varied. And I've had such a fantastic opportunity with some great mentors and people supporting me. So there've been a number of pivotal moments for me Mm, in that space. Now, Deb, when people say Deb Robinson to me, I
0: think results oriented, but I also think of delivery. You always... Deliver, no Mm -hmm. pressure, but you always deliver. (laughs) I'm not feeling any pressure. That's right. That's right. Now, what are you doing next week? No. Um, (laughs) How have you ensured that you've maintained that approach through, as I say, varied roles and at times Mm. a lot of pressure and a Mm. lot of challenges? So Mm. how do you do it?
1: Well, you know, alcohol's always a <laughs> go-to <going through, right? laughs> I thought you were going <laughs> to yeah. say good gancher, but you took us in a slightly different direction. <laughs> no, look, I think for me, I'm quite outcomes-focused. Yeah. I have to share a little story, actually. I had an executive coach when I was at Brisbane City Council. I was so outcomes-focused. I just wasn't even taking the people along on the journey yeah. with me. And my executive coach said to me, Deborah, you're just focused on these outcomes. Like, you've already arrived. He said, but the problem is, he said... You're driving the bus, you haven't bothered to look back because they're all at bus stop. No one's actually <laughs> no on, one's the on the bus with you. And I thought, my goodness me, he's so right. So sometimes I can miss, and I ask my team all the time for feedback because feedback is a gift, right? Yeah. And so I always say to them, if you feel like I'm travelling too quickly or I'm, I'm coming to solution focus yes. without understanding what's the problem we're trying to solve here, yeah. And I've been picked up a couple of times, which is fantastic that the team's able to say to me, hey, look, we really need to focus here Mm -hmm. back on what's the problem we're trying to solve here rather than jumping to the solution. And the other piece of great advice I recently received was I've got to let people get to the solution themselves. Yes. So the way I think I maintain it is to try and bring people on the journey and to talk to people about what I see as you know how I might put a different perspective with a commercial hat on yep. or an outcomes-focused hat or a public benefit-focused hat, yes. not just a planning hat. So I try to say to, particularly if I'm dealing in the DA space, what's the outcome we really want here? Yeah, the rules might say this, but how do we arrive yep. at the best outcome that we yep. might need? And if the rules for the moment are saying, look, we can't achieve that, then maybe we need to look at what needs to happen with the rules Yes, as opposed to kind of going, okay, well, that can never happen. Yeah. And so I like to sometimes challenge that status quo yeah. and really seek to understand what the outcome is we're, we're seeking to achieve. Yeah. And I think having, for me, the reason I get up every day and I go to work is to get those great outcomes on the ground Absolutely. and to – provide that, whether it's social infrastructure for our community that's being delivered by the development industry, whether it's stuff that council's delivering on the ground, whether it's just seeing our community, their aspirations being realised, whether it's environmental space, what what is the outcome we're trying to achieve here? And we've obviously got a runway to the Olympics now. Yes. To the Olympics and Paralympics for 2032, and that's incredibly exciting for our region as well. So Mm. so what are some of the, the things we need to now put in place with that runway of nine years? What are some of the things that we need? So, on the Sunshine Coast, for example, hotels.
0: Yes. Uh, we
1: are really behind in our hotel rooms, our rooms available. That's only going to get worse than the Olympics. Yeah. So, how do we best look at how we incentivise and what needs to happen in actually to get the hotels on the yes. ground? Because that's the outcome we need, right? Yes. We need that accommodation. Yeah. So, what is it that we need to do in that space and we need to do now mm. to ensure that we actually get that outcome? Yeah. So, that's sort of something I'm really focused on as well at the moment. Debbie, you touched before on
0: what makes you get out of bed yeah. in the morning. For me, it's the two dogs licking me on my face. But <laughs> it's uh, yes. from a professional context, <laughs> what are the best bits of the job?
1: Yeah. And one of the really challenging bits? The best bits of the job for me, there are so many great people. Like yeah. we, we are nothing without our people, right? Yeah. There are so many great people that come to work and particularly, I'm going to say particularly on the Sunshine Coast, that people come to work because a lot of people actually live in the community. Yes. And they don't just look at their roles as a nine-to-five. They really embrace our region and actually it's the barbecue chats of an evening or a weekend where people want to be proud to be part of the Sunshine Coast. And I really see people going above and beyond because it's their home. Yes. They live there. So I really feel like we have this. They're passionate Mm. and they go above and beyond. So for me, getting me out of bed, it's the people. Yeah. Yeah. Growing our people is really important to me. I'm saying, who's the next Deborah Robinson at this council? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be there forever. So who's the next person I need to grow into this role potentially or to grow into a role that they might want? Yes. That line of sight between coming in and starting in a role that's sort of a lower level role in the organisation but actually seeing a line of sight to how you could potentially get to be our CEO talks about this, how he could potentially even be the CEO. Yes. How do I grow those people? How do we grow their capabilities? How do we grow their skills? And how do we support them to get there? Yeah. So for me, it's our people. Yeah. The other part of the job that gets me out of bed is the challenge. Yeah. Every day there are lots and lots of just different challenges and no two days are the same. No. So... My day can be packed with meetings all day about a myriad of different things. And a lot of people, I've actually had people say, how do you change gears so quickly? Yes. You know, can be talking about the cemetery plan right through to dogs yes. and issues with dogs, our local laws, you know, significant DAs. Obviously, through our strategic planning, we're writing a new planning scheme at the yes. moment. So, how do you sort of flip between that? And I think it's probably years and years of experience, hence my grey hair, <laughs> but- I think I'm really passionate about all the different things that we do. I I say to my girls, you know, one of them is a town planner, by the way. Excellent. Yes, just to let you know, audience. Um, (laughs) But I say to my girls, I think if you're passionate about something, you'll be good at it. Yes. And once you lose that passion, you probably need to look for another opportunity. Yeah. But I'm really passionate. And more broadly, being on the executive leadership team and working across with my colleagues, their areas as well, and supporting them and assisting them where I can. And I certainly don't have expertise in any of their areas, but just being that support person for them as well where they need it yeah really really collaborate well with that group we have a fantastic ceo emma thomas and we have a fabulous executive leadership team probably one of the best teams i've ever worked with and incredibly supportive of each other so some of the challenges you know we all we understand there's a housing Mm. availability affordability issue at the moment we have some homeless we have some issues with homeless people on the sunshine coast as i'm sure most regions do yes I've been delighted to lead um, some of the work around a, a housing and homelessness action plan, which will um, which will come to a, ca- a future council meeting. But just being able to hear some of the stories mm. as well as part of that journey, and listening to some of the stories of people and how they've got themselves into that position, and, and we have this new term of working homeless now, yes. which are people that actually have jobs yes. and have careers, mm. um, and they find themselves without accommodation. Mm. So how do we, from a social And community perspective actually support our community in this space. Yeah. So for me, that's getting me out of bed right now and understanding and thinking about thinking differently about how we can look at what we can do as a local authority to provide to deliver um, something on the ground that might support our people, our community.
0: And if there's anything that makes you want to pull the covers up over your head and go back to sleep. What are those challenges?
1: Oh, <laughs> well, there's a few. <laughs> yeah, can't couldn't just name one in a day. Um, sometimes I feel challenged is probably the best way to describe it by the fact that we can't necessarily always get the true story yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when something's being reported yeah, that we can't always get our side of the story out because it might be that it's going through a court procedure yes. or it's going through a compliance action or it's going through something to do with integrity so sometimes that can be a challenge is just watching the media yep. and hearing it and saying yep. well actually that's not the whole story yep. there's a lot a lot more to this story so that can be really challenging for me and frustrating and I imagine f- too really Deb. frustrating really frustrating to not be able to get those stories out and yep. actually have that balanced yes that balance out there in for our community. There's always challenges around people that love dogs and people that don't like dogs as much. So <laughs> hang on, which down. side of the fence are you on, Deb? Uh, this is really I important. I l- love dogs. Excellent. good, lo- good, good, good. Actually, good. I love animals. In fact I've been banned from the pound my right. own yes. pound because yes. um I want to take them all home yes. and I'm suffered from a very so, similar mm, ailment yes So I have actually I've been told I can go to the office but I'm now not allowed no, to actually go past. <laughs> go past the office yep. into the holding area Yeah You can save them all is what I've heard Yes apparently yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, doing <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm doing my best individually I'm doing my best Although we get some unusual animals at the pound Do we've you? had roosters peacocks right. I think a goat uh, one of my team will correct me if I'm wrong on this one We've had some different, very different animals uh, at the pound. So not just cats and dogs, not listeners, but no. but all types of animals. No, we what don't every, discriminate. That's right. What whatever, every house what, needs is a peacock out exactly, the front. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So um that can be challenging. Mm. And I think um getting community input um I think was one of the challenges as well. We're looking at all the time as how we can engage our community. Yes. Our communities are becoming far more active and of want course. to be engaged in, in many of the conversations we're having and should be mm. engaged in how we best set the tone for the future of the Sunshine Coast region. And we, are, I mean, we're only here for a short time yes. on this planet. So how do we ensure that what we hand across to our children and their children is actually sustainable and livable, and all of those things? So for me, it's around how do we get that community engagement and how do we hear both sides of the conversation? Sometimes you hear the louder side, Mm. but how do we hear both sides? And the other thing that we're challenging ourselves on in our community engagement is our First Nations. So how do we involve our First Nations people in these conversations? And how do we involve our young people? Mm. Because they're going to be the stewards, right, of our region into the future. So how do we involve them in the conversation? So, do you see yeah. a future on TikTok
0: for you? I do yeah. not. Yeah, I well, yeah. definitely do not
1: see a future of TikTok for me. No. Actually, I don't even know how to work TikTok. No, no, no. the whole no, thing. No. I didn't even get onto Facebook. Oh, haven't you? No. No, I haven't even bothered to not go there. Not on the gram? No, not on the gram. Not on the gram I I didn't know what the gram was <laughs> for a minute. Not on the gram. So I think, you know, with emails. Yes. And text messages. That's enough. And LinkedIn, I'm done. You're I'm you're, tapping you're out good. at that point. That's as much as I can deal with. But if you've seen the kids these days, they actually use two thumbs. Yeah, just and they don't even have to look at their phones. No. <laughs> Whereas I'm like the one fingered typist, and then it takes me twenty minutes, That's and my right. kids just laugh at me. <laughs> oh, mum, you know it's a rapidly shifting environment, it is. though, isn't it? Incredibly. You know how we
0: used to communicate. Yep. How we used to use the media has yes. has completely changed. Yes, and I think. We have a, an engagement strategy too. There's far more responsive now, yes. a 24-hour media yeah. cycle, as you were referring yeah. to before. It's, um, yes. it's great and yes. there's some challenges. Yeah,
1: it is great. Look, we're getting the information out there quicker, yes. but there are some challenges yeah, with absolutely. how we share that information and how do we get it out to everyone because, you know, we still have people on the Sunshine Coast that are in that mm. older generation. How do we actually reach them as well yes. as the younger people and, and what are the medians we use to reach yes. our community? So. We want to make sure that we do do that community engagement really well with our community and yes. hear their voices and hear all the voices out yeah. there in our community. Yeah. So I think it's not just a challenge for Sunshine Coast, but probably a challenge for most people all across of us. local Absolutely. government, across industry, industry as well. Yeah. How we get there. So. Now, obviously, not social media is not one of these no. things, but
0: what keeps you busy outside
1: work? Well. I walk every morning. Do
0: you? I walk every morning. You're a good woman.
1: I am a good woman. Uh, Sometimes it's challenging for me to get out, but I just kind of have my clothes next to the bed and I just get straight up and I don't think of anything else and I go for my walk. And that's my head clearing time and I really enjoy that. I'm blessed to live in an area where it's walkable. Lovely. I have that availability not too far. So that's great. I love to read. I'm an avid reader, mm-hmm. so I love to read mainly biographies and autobiographies. Right. Interesting. I'm reading, oh, should I say this? Go on. Now I'm really worried. You're, you're, you're I'm gonna be judged. You're I'm gonna committed. be judged. I'm actually reading Spare at oh, the moment, yes. which is Good Prince idea. Harry's okay. book because I kind of don't get it. So I'm really bit intrigued. It, right? I'm a bit intrigued. <laughs> so that's where I'm at at the moment. But beneath the spare book on my bedside table is uh, Kenny Rogers. Okay. So I go from, you know, you royalty do. to Royalty. Rock royalty, yeah. royalty to royalty, really. <laughs> um, that uh, keeps me busy. And I've just crazily put my name down to do Kokoda. Been on my bucket list. The real Kokoda. Right, the real Kokoda. The real Kokoda. Okay. You know, flying into Port Moresby. The, yeah, I can okay, that one. Nine days. Okay. Wow, uh, nine days. Nine days. So in July next year. Incredible. So So um, if you see me looking, trim, taut and terrific. That's yeah. because I'm... Training for Kokoda, I haven't started yet. I've decided I leave on the 24th of July 2024. Yes. So I've decided on the 24th of July 2023 will be when I start my serious training. And what does training look like for Kokoda? Oh, I feel like I've got to climb some mountains. Okay. And someone was telling me that on the Sunshine Coast there's a staircase in Budrum that I need to climb. Right. But my daughter lives in Spring Hill and I tell you, that one from Edward Street or was it, no, Creek Street up to the top of Wickham? yes. That's quite a challenge. Okay. So I might have so to, you might see, see me, you down yes, you might send me pounding the pavement on the on the stairs there. <laughs> so that's, uh, but I love to travel. Yeah, travel is okay. a way that I uh, refresh and re-energise and I think it's so important Absolutely. to actually balance up that travel part. So yeah. still a lot more places to go, but yes. lots in the pipeline there. And the other thing right at the moment that's keeping me awake of a night is active is my uh, daughter's wedding. My youngest daughter oh, is getting married in September. How exciting. So yes, so that's uh, on the Sunshine Coast. So Excellent. yeah, so that's keeping me busy, very busy. Planning. Busy. very busy planning. Didn't realise there was so much to a wedding, but anyway.
0: And that's just your outfit. And, and that's just wedding.
1: wedding. <laughs> I haven't even started on the wedding thing right. yet. I, actually, you've just reminded me. I need
0: to put outfit down you on the do, list. You do needs to be at the top of the list. Yeah, <laughs> we should. Yeah, not, yeah. I do not have an outfit. Uh, please document your yeah, journey. There. Thank you. That I would,
1: will. I'll share it with all those. Please do on
0: the on the TikTok. On <laughs> <laughs> the TikTok.
1: I'm not going to be doing that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now you've had a long association with UDIA and, and other industry organisations. Uh, what value do these interactions
1: deliver to you? Look, they're great value. I think um, you've always got to be a number of things. I think, firstly, you've got to be at the forefront of what's happening in the industry. You need to keep abreast of everything that's happening out there and that's going on for the industry because undoubtedly it, it actually impacts the work that we do back in local government.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So
1: really like to see what's happening. I love working with the industry. I think you know, I have an old mantra, don't no surprises. Mm. So we've always had a great relationship, um, as do I with the property council and other industry associations. I think it's so important to really understand what's happening out there at the grassroots for people and, yeah. and who better to represent the people than their associations. Yeah. Um, I was the first female chair of Master Builders yes. um, back many, many years ago on the Sunshine Coast, so Sunshine Coast Division. And for me, that was really at the grassroots of really mm. the trades, mm. people on the Sunshine Coast and hearing their stories yes. and understanding what was happening for them on the ground. So for me, industry bodies like the UDIA who speak for... For and on behalf of their members, we can really understand what is happening for the members and the role we play in that. Yep. To actually just advise us as to what's happening. We don't have the answers to everything. No. You know, often need to pull all the bits of information together and all the threads mm. uh, to knit that jumper and to understand actually the whole spectrum of what's occurring here. I say to people, you know, I have a piggy bank, say what you're going to do, do what you're going to do. You know, you make those deposits. Yes. And and the day you've got to make a withdrawal because we can't, maybe you and I can't agree on something. Yeah. We know we've got that mutual respect. Yes. Said what we're going to do. We've done that. We've committed to it. But we have the mutual respect that the day we can't agree, we go, you know what, just honesty, I can't agree with that. Yeah. You know, our council can't. Yeah. Can't do anything in that regard or whatever that looks like. Yeah. Because we'll often come at things from a different angle but certainly understanding each other's side of things. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think the honesty from the industry bodies has been really great for me to, and our relationship's been fantastic, to really just be able to pick up that phone and say, hey, I've heard this. Are you seeing this? Is this what's happening? Because ultimately they will flow through. Yes. The situation we're in at the moment with construction costs is a really great example of where we go, okay, well, we know that potentially development's going to be harder to get out of the ground. So what does that mean from a fees and charges point of view? What does that mean from an industry perspective? What does that mean from a constructability perspective? What does that mean for what we might want to see in terms of outcomes on the ground with the 2032 Games coming up? So how do we best align or fit our policies and our strategies and the way in which we do our business to actually ensure that we're keeping up with what's happening in the market. Mm -hmm. It's really important.
0: And I imagine too, I mean, and in many respects, and even through things like our awards program, we consider government organisations as a a massive part of our industry, not even from an approvals perspective, but also because you're delivering delivering your own built-form products or your own infrastructure projects. And I think that's been a really important change to our awards program because it is we are all part of the same industry, industry, delivering at different parts of the cycle sometimes or delivering the same sort of product
1: on the ground. So So it's an important collaboration. So true. It is a collaboration. Mm. Um, And I think the awards for UDI has been fantastic to actually have a look at some of the innovative awards that are coming out as well. The other thing is learning from the ability to be able to sit with other like-minded Industry counterparts in in a lot of the things the whether that's breakfasts that you're holding and hearing different perspectives, but also being able to mix it up with our counterparts from other local government yeah. areas, state government yes. as well. Incredibly important for us to be able to have those conversations more broadly. Yeah. So we all feed into the same melting pot, That's right? It. So how do we best work together? Yeah. Um, In an many... environment of respect, as you said, which yeah. I think is the key word. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Now,
0: Deb, thinking about the next decade, you've touched on 2032. You and I have decided not to age anymore, which
1: is Correct. a fantastic, backwards.
0: fantastic revelation. Tonight tomorrow actually. Oh, see, there so you go
1: backwards I'm going. I've You're going backwards? I'm, yep, I'm deciding I'm not turning the age I'm turning. I'm going one year backwards now. Excellent.
0: You and I might be able to yeah. both make a play for being an athlete then at 2032, mm. um, not in the Masters mm-hmm. division. What does it hold for you professionally? Where do you think we're headed? Well, obviously it's difficult to pull ourselves out of the moment that we're in, I it think, is. The mo- mm. here and now, because it is there are so many challenges, and I think we've had a couple of years of trying to plough through these challenges yeah. now. We're a little bit weary. Yep.
1: Yeah. But if you can pull
0: yourself out of that, what does the next decade look like?
1: For me? Yes. Or, yes. Well, wow, wow. Kakoda. Well, Kokoda. <laughs> I'm thinking 12 months ahead. <laughs> look, I'll stay living on the Sunshine Coast. That's yes, a definite. That's a, that's and why a would you why move? Yeah, why oh. wouldn't I? That's right. So that's a tick for me. I think the next decade, from a professional perspective, you know, I'm not getting any younger. So um, yes, you are. We've yeah, just decided well, we you did, are. We yep. did decide yep. that. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. It's just my body just yeah. kind of <laughs> doesn't agree with it. My head wants to <laughs> say something, the body's just not going with yeah. it. Um, look, I'm in this role for another few years, and then I'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm. I've actually sat on a few boards, and I'm yes. currently sitting on the board of the Falcons, yes, um, so, so. rugby league club, yes, uh, which has been really different and been yes. able to. Really challenging, fantastic and challenging all at the same time, being able to put up work uh, Mm. with some like-minded people on strategic planning for an NRL for a rugby league site. So that's really exciting. We're a feeder into Melbourne Storm, just got to put that in there. (laughs) Um, Love Melbourne Storm. But I think for me, giving back to the industry, there was a period of time where I actually was lecturing at University of the Sunshine Coast and I'd love to go back and guest lecture there on occasions. Giving back to the industry doing more in the community space for me, I think. How do I hone my skills into supporting, whether it's community organisations or doing something for others maybe less fortunate where I can contribute? Mm. I did have a dream once to go and live somewhere else and do some basic planning around water and sewer infrastructure in in remote communities. So, you know, whether I still tick that box at some point in the future, I don't know. I'd love to do that, but I'd love to work in an area that really gives back to the community that I've been a part of and Mm -hmm. have given me so much. So for me, I think, Kirsty, that I'll be in this role for the next 10 years. No, (laughs) probably not. But certainly doing, still keeping a hand in and doing things that actually give back to, to the community that has been so good to me and my family.
0: Well, Debbie talk about giving back to the community that's been so mm. good to you. I think you give back to the community almost on a daily oh, basis. And and certainly, as I say, your interaction with industry throughout mm. your career has thank been you. wonderful and always from that position of utmost respect. So mm. it's um thank it's you. wonderful to collaborate with you. We love having you, as I say, as part of the industry and still yep. consider you to be very much a part of the industry. So thank you thank for you. your time today. And yes. um, and we look forward to an update on Kakoda and mm. the walking and, and how that yes. all plays out. And also
1: Tim Tam Time. At, Tim Tam at two with yes, Deb as well. Tim Tams, well. Keep Tams us, at Two. Keep, this keep us up to date on that. <laughs> thank you for having me and I've really appreciated this. And hopefully anyone listening to this, feel free to always reach out. You know, I'm always happy to chat and mentor or whatever that looks like. So thank you to the UIA for having me. It's been great. Thank you, Deb. See ya. Thank you for listening
0: to the UDIA Queensland's Development Drum Podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure having you with us. Remember to rate and review this show on your favourite podcast app. While you're there, please make sure you click subscribe so you don't miss an episode.